Welcome to the Mom Friends Podcast, where we'll chat about all things motherhood with real-life experts and moms. We're your hosts, Rachel and Kara Ann. So grab a coffee and throw in some headphones and come relate, laugh, and vent with your two new mom friends. Welcome back to Mom Friends. Kara Ann and Rachel here today, and we are going to talk all about moving. If you've been following along on Instagram, you may have seen that my family recently relocated from Houston to California, and we spent a few months at home with my uh, family in Cincinnati, Ohio. So we're navigating a cross-country, three-time zone move on top of, um, you know, living with family and now being back as our own little family. And funny enough, Rachel just kind of went through the same thing a few short months ago, um, staying with her family and moving from the East Coast back out to the West Coast. So we thought it would be a great uh, topic to talk about navigating these moves and what that entails with the little one and just all the things that are kind of going on behind the scenes that are disrupting their sleep and how we can help make that an easier transition for everyone. Yeah. And I think in times of COVID, things are even more complicated. I get questions about this kind of stuff all the time, like traveling and moving. And yeah, so I think it's a great topic for today um, to talk about how it affects sleep and everything else. And just to give you guys some tips if you're currently going through it. So we actually moved... um, recently we, I guess it was August now, so it's not even that recent, but it feels like it was just yesterday because our house is like still not furnished and a disaster. Um, you would think we just moved in two days ago, but (laughs) I feel you. (laughs) Um, yeah. So while we were in the process of moving houses, we actually went out to the East coast to stay with my parents. Um, and then once we bought our new house, we actually, had never even seen it. We moved here <laughs> sight unseen. <laughs> um, so good thing we liked it, but yeah, so we dealt with like a couple cross country back and forth. And even if you're moving, you know, like we were staying in the same city, but it's still a big transition to move your little one to a new house and a new space. And especially if they're, you know, a little bit younger and pre-verbal, it's a lot for them to kind of understand and comprehend. So we will definitely talk you through like some tips on how to set up for sleep and prepare your little one um, and all of that. So Carrie Ann, how, since you did it more recently, how did it go for Sage? Like, how is it currently going? Yeah. So it's just so funny how we have like so many similarities with our stories with buying houses unseen and everything. It is kind of, it's crazy times, but um, I know. yeah. So it's interesting. Um, we We traveled kind of frequently with Sage when she was younger, just because visiting family, we had a few family weddings. My sister was only a few hours away from us in Texas. So we drove back and forth a lot on the weekends and she was always super adaptable, like went into the pack and play and would sleep. And really it was like, she was very, um, I hate to use the word easy, but she just adjusted very well to kind of different situations and different Mm -hmm. environments. So when we originally thought we were moving in September, we were headed out to California and we're actually staying with my sister in Dallas. And this is kind of all when her sleep got a little bit harder, but we ended up going back to Cincinnati. And while we were there, we were seeing to actually moved rooms around a few times in my parents' house because there was like some painting going on. And then one of the rooms (laughs) was really bright and all the things. So it's, it is interesting just how these little kind of like you said, moving across the country is one thing, but even just 
um, navigating like a different environment, like from one room in a house to another. I think that they do pick up on these things because, you know, they wake multiple times throughout the night. And when they kind of open their eyes and they see that they're in a different place, that's unfamiliar. I'm sure that that is alarming to them. Like if I woke up and didn't know where I was, like when you stay in a hotel, they always say like the first night that you're in a hotel, you don't sleep as well because your body's kind of in that fight or flight. So it's like you wake up and you don't really, your body doesn't know where you are. Like the mattress feels different. Um, There's probably different smells. So I can only imagine that they experience these same things that we do. And they're so confused, like they don't really understand it or know where they are. So yeah, now coming back this way, it's like we're navigating a three-hour time change on top of mm-hmm. being away from family who she was used to seeing every day and mm-hmm. in a new place and a them. new mattress. Yeah. So it's like just a lot of things. And, you know, you just want to make them as comfortable as possible. And she's waking a lot at night, like five times a night, just <sighs> crying out. And so it's just so it's so hard on me because I'm exhausted. But you also just feel so bad because you're like, I don't want you to be scared or, you know, yeah. it's just so many changes and her little body just doesn't know what's going on. So poor thing. And it's like you said too, with the temperament thing, I think some babies are going to be so much more adaptable. Adaptability is one of the nine temperament traits that um, I talk about on my page sometimes. And that I talk about a lot more in my course. Um, But yeah, some babies are super adaptable and will like, like my son surprisingly was like this because he's, he's not like a highly sensitive kid per se, but he's definitely not like a super chill, easygoing kid, but he's always been really highly adaptable. Yeah. And so since he's high on that trait, like we would take him on vacations, we would take him to my parents' house, like three hour time change. And he was usually, you know, pretty good in like, he would definitely, you know, have a hard time with, with time changing adjustments and stuff like that and still wake and things like that, of course, but he never got, um, super upset or bothered sleeping in a new environment. So, but babies that have a low adaptability, they can have a harder time sleeping like in a pack and play or sleeping in a different room or, you know, sleeping without their parents or with their parents, even like what sometimes now when we travel with Otto, he sleeps terribly when we're in the same room yeah. because he's so used to having his own space. He's been in his own room since he was like four months old. Cause we sleep trained. Yeah. Um, and so now whenever we have to share a room with him, he can't stand it. It's so funny. Um, whereas my daughter like needs to be on top of me all the time. So it's, it's really important to kind of know your kid's temperament too, before you're making these big changes. Right. Totally. And is that, so I, it's kind of interesting because I was starting to say that we traveled with Sage a lot when she was young. Like we actually went to Hawaii when she was four months old, which was like a Mm -hmm. six hour time change. And again, she did totally fine with that. But recently, like this last move when we went, so in September, when we went to my parents and then from my parents, out to California has been really hard transitions. Is it not to say normal, but is it common, I guess, that Mm -hmm. do babies change temperaments like as like throughout development? Is that like? Yeah. Like, so temperament is for the most part genetic. Um, So we're all kind of born like wired a certain way with a certain temperament. And, but at the same time, it's like the nature nurture thing that will kind of always be an argument. Right. So obviously like the environment that we're born into the family dynamic that we're born into the parenting style, like all of that stuff obviously matters too. Yeah. Um, But I think some babies are born to be a little bit more sensitive. It's normal that like for newborns, you know, there's what's called a sensory threshold, right? So you're born and you're able to kind of have 
the ability to tune a lot of stimuli out. So for lots of newborns, like we can kind of take them to restaurants or travel with them or do whatever right. and they're fine. And then as they come out of those newborn days, the the sensory threshold, it's kind of like a veil that just gets thinner and thinner. And so for certain babies, it's a lot harder for them to filter out that stimuli as they get older. That makes sense. Um, and then also there's just all kinds of other things like after, you know, three or four months old, they're becoming more aware of their environment right. and the outside world. So yeah, I, I think that traveling with a newborn is, I mean, in some ways it's harder, but in some ways it's a lot easier. And the other yeah. thing is like, there's not that natural melatonin production until 12 weeks or so. So traveling across time zones might not make as much of a difference True, because um, they're not they're not using like the light and dark, um, right. Their circadian, their circadian rhythm, rhythm. isn't yeah. really. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, we ended up traveling with Otto for the first time when he was like eight weeks and it was super easy. And then I found that it was the hardest to travel with him when he was around one. Yeah. Um, because they don't have the attention span yet to like sit and watch a show yeah. or sit and play with a toy for a while. Like it just, they want to be on the move. Yes. <laughs> so we'll have to do a whole episode. We'll do an episode on travel because we had the same yeah. experience. We traveled with Sage when she was about 10 weeks for Christmas and it was a breeze. And that's why we were like, right. this is great. Let's go to Hawaii. And now it's <laughs> yeah. like, oh my God, the plane ride out to California was like, I mean, it was hell. It was. Yeah, because she's right rough. at that age. She's yeah. right at that age where I find it to be so hard. And she's um, mobile. So she didn't want to yeah. sit. She wanted to be like running around. So yeah, it was rough. We'll have to talk about this because that's a whole nother For sure. Thing. That's a whole but, nother episode. Yeah. So, okay. So it's probably not likely that her temperament totally just changed, but probably some other things are going on. Like she's 15 months old. So she's definitely aware that she, you know, saw my parents and she definitely like formed an attachment with mm -hmm. them. Um, yep. You know, we were there for about four months. So she was used to seeing, you know, my mom yeah. and my dad every day. And now, you know, they're just kind of gone. She probably That's doesn't so understand what's going on. So, I mean, is that definitely something you think that is coming into play? Like she definitely is aware of those changes, right? Yeah, for sure. She's aware. And you mentioned attachment after about 10 months old, babies can form multiple attachments. So it's really likely that, you know, she formed super strong bonds with them because she yeah. was not in that age window. Um, whereas babies that are a little bit younger typically just have that like one super strong attachment, um, maybe a secondary right. one with their other parent. But yeah, that makes total sense that she's like feeling their absence and that's gotta yeah. be really hard for her. So how, what are some things or like tips that you can think of that, like what would help to, um, like, how do you help ease that transition? I guess. Yeah. So for us, when we moved, we actually, so if you have help, obviously it's great. So we had the help of my mother-in-law, um, when we were moving. So she actually took Otto, our older child for, I think she took him for maybe one or two nights when we were actually moving. So yeah. we got his room and he's three. Um, but he was two and a half ish at the time. Um, we got his room totally set up before he came to the new house. So, you know, our house obviously wasn't 
put together at all, but like we had come over here a bunch and he knew what the new house looked like. I made him a social story. I have a lot of examples of social stories in my highlights on Instagram. So a social story is kind of just, yeah, it's really good for toddlers and older kids to kind of just like script and talk through exactly what's going to happen. Um, and to show pictures and to just really get them ready for, for whatever transition is happening, but for moving, it's really helpful. At what Um, age, at what age do you think that that is something that starts? I would say like, I would say over maybe 18 months or so, but if your child is interested in books, lots of kids like starting around age one, um, 15 months or so will become interested in books. So I would say you can use it, you know, anytime because there's no downside, right? So so whatever, anything they take in is going to be great. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so we did a social story with him. So he kind of knew what to expect. He knew what the house looked like. We had been here to visit for short periods. And then we got his room totally set up. So his room looked really similar to how it was at our last house. He had the same crib, same dresser, same artwork, um, all of his, you know, stuffed animals and toys and books, everything was in his room. So I think that really helped too, just so that it kind of looked the same. Um, and then, you know, he had his white noise machine, he had his pacifiers, his loveys, like all the same stuff that he liked to have for sleep in our last house and, you know, in any new sleep environment that we bring him to. So yeah. he had all of that just ready to go. And then my daughter, she was only like six months when we moved. So she was bed sharing with us. So that was kind of just the same. She didn't really, I don't think notice any difference, um, but yeah, I think setting up the sleep space uh, to be as familiar as possible is like the top thing that you can do to get ready for a move. That's Did you guys, a great were tip. you able to do that or you didn't get to go out beforehand, huh? No. Yeah. So it's kind of, we're building a house. We're in like an apartment temporarily. So all of our mm-hmm. stuff is actually in storage out here. It's in like corporate storage. So we don't even have access to it. So we have like oh. no furniture right now. It's so funny. We had to buy a new crib and a mattress. So it's, yeah, it's all new for her, but she does yeah. have a little blanket that my mom made her. Um, and then same thing, like we've always used the same like white noise machine. So we have that, but it definitely is like a lot of changes. So definitely like the sleep environment for her is definitely very different. So, yeah, I mean, I think she just keeps waking up and yeah, she doesn't know where she is. Like it's a yeah. different bed and room and new things. So yeah. So I mean, are you guys using the same routine? Cause that can be really helpful too. Just like a very, you know, structured routine and the same sleep associations and stuff like that. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. Kind of like we do her bath and then I usually nurse her and put her down to bed. So nice. it's, it's pretty like it's a loose routine, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, so I guess on top of that, what about like when she, you know, I keep like worrying, like, what am I doing wrong? Or like, is she just going to continue to have all of these wakes? Like, what do you think about like in the middle of the night? So I've just been going to her and bringing her into the bed with us and kind of nursing her. And then she falls back asleep and I'll transfer her back to the crib. She doesn't sleep great in the bed with us. Like I'll try, but I think because she never co-slept with us, like from a young age, she gets really wild in the bed. Like she wants to like, (laughs) she literally like climbs the headboard and she does like, we call it like backflips because she'll end up with like her head at the footboard and she's like, like she hits us or she sits up and then her head like bonks us on like the mat. I mean, it's like so funny. Like she like half like falls asleep, like sitting up and then she's like hitting us. It's like, it's such a mess. Um, and then the dog's in the bed with us. So it's wild. Um, she doesn't sleep great in there. So I try to like return her to the crib, but, um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's just something that it's just a change and she'll probably, 
just continue to adapt. I did actually just tape. <laughs> you're going to laugh. I just taped a black trash bag over the window because. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Has, I've done that too. Yeah. It, the, we have like a blackout curtain, but it just like wasn't enough. And it has like those, you know, like vertical blinds that like yeah, yeah, the yeah. light is just still coming in. So I was like, I have got to do something about this. And then the other thing. They make I'm, travel ones. They make, um, like I just Amazon. saw that they like suction cup. I didn't know yeah. about those. I know that they have those ones like from Lowe's or whatever that you can like stick up and they like pull down their like paper, I guess. But I don't yeah. think those would have worked with the window, but I bet those suction cup ones I'll have to look yeah, at. Yeah, with that. the fabric. Um, yeah. We can link one. We can link one in the show notes yeah. too. Because um, that would be really helpful, I think, for people, for travel too, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Blacking out the room for travel, especially if you're going across time zones and you need your baby to adjust to a new bedtime or a new wake-up time can be super, super helpful. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that she'll probably, you know, she is dealing with a time change. So I think part of it is like her circadian rhythm is a little bit off still. Yeah. So think about it like when we're jet lagged. So if we're traveling across a time zone or two, it usually takes, you know, at least a few days, if not a couple of weeks for our circadian rhythm to really kind of set into that new time zone. So she's definitely feeling that. And then, you know, babies that are more sensitive too are going to feel it more. So, yeah, I mean, I would continue to respond to her. Um, Yeah. yeah, When she cries out and again, like you can bring her into bed and nurse her back to sleep, or you can start working towards other sleep associations too. So Maybe you go in and just rub her back or pat her butt, or maybe you just go in and kind of shush or hum so she knows you're there um, and see if she'll fall back asleep that way. Yeah. Um, so you can try tips. mixing up. Yeah. You can try mixing up the sleep associations too when you respond. Yeah. Um, but she's how old? 15 months 15, now? Yeah. Almost 16. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, she's teething all the time too, right? Yeah. Her, her molars, I can just feel the bottom one. It's like so swollen. So it's like, I think it's it's definitely pushing, but, um, you also mentioned the time zone. So let's talk about a little about that. Like I tried to, I tried to prep for it. Like I thought like, Oh, I'm going to be on top of this. I'm going to like every night I'm going to like have her go to bed 15 minutes later and wake up Mm -hmm. a little bit, um, you know, sleep in a little bit and then go to bed a little bit later. I tried to like adjust her before we moved. I thought I would like lessen the blow. Yeah. (laughs) It It didn't really work well, but yeah. How would you recommend, like, is that something you recommend usually to families? It can. I actually usually say, try adjusting baby to the new time zone on your first full day there rather than doing it gradually Okay. and use, use daylight and darkness to help cue them. So use that for, um, to your advantage, the natural light and dark. Um, usually if you're traveling across time zones, just know that going East can sometimes be harder than going West, but again, everybody's different. Um, and the other thing with traveling is that I don't know about you, but like adults find this all the time too, is that it can really mess up your digestion. Yes. So babies are no different. So if you notice that they're feeding differently or are going to the bathroom less frequently or anything like that, that can also be disruptive to sleep, right? If they're, if they're uncomfortable or constipated or something. So such a good point. mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so that can definitely be happening. And then like we were saying before, if your baby is a newborn, it's, you know, not going to affect them as much because their melatonin isn't, um, fully kicked in yet anyways, but yeah, we can do a whole nother episode on travel too. Cause I think 
there, there are some slightly different rules for when you're traveling across time zones or um, something for a really short like vacation or just a yeah. week. I usually recommend some things that are a little different. I actually do have a travel guide that's free. So we can link that um, in the show notes too for you guys if you're just traveling for a short time. Traveling or you know moving, something like that. The top things that I always say are just get the sleep associations and the environment to be as consistent as possible and yeah. your baby will adjust. Yeah. Just like everything, I think it's just, um, I just want to like normalize it for anyone else that's going through it. Like it's so hard. Like I'm definitely mm-hmm. in the, I'm in the trenches right now, but yeah. just knowing that it's just another change like anything else. And like you said, it's just, you know, it's a, it's temporary and they'll adjust and we just exactly. have to, yeah, just being there exactly like you said. I mean, um, if she is like missing family and, you know, not knowing what's going on, I feel like um, just offering comfort and just being there as much as possible is going to kind of help. Does she like to FaceTime with them or not really? Yet? Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh, she does. Good. She loves good. it so much. Like every day. It's so funny. She calls my so mom, cute. ma, um, I oh. think cause we always call her grandma, but she can't say that. So she just yells ma. And she always tells her their dog to, well, you can't see me. I'm putting my finger over my mouth. Their dog is like super yappy. So she, she tells, tells the shush. dog to shush. Yeah. <laughs> So so whenever she gets on FaceTime and she always tells my mom, she wants to eat. She like sees my mom and she like does the, your mom is Italian. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. So Italian. We'll have to talk about this with a feeding episode, but my mom is always like, I've never met a baby that doesn't want to eat and always wanting to feed her. I'm like, she's fine. She knows how much to eat, but it's so Italian. My grandma was the same way. Like for everyone. Yeah. I know my family is the same way. Yeah. That's so so cute. cute. Yeah. I just actually finished up a blog post that is going to go live soon about screen time and so I did a lot of research about, um, you know, screens because my family lives across the country. So yeah. we FaceTime with them all the time. So I was always worried, like, are we doing too much screen time? Because they're we FaceTime them, you know, almost every day. Yeah. Um, and the research actually shows that FaceTime is not the same as just passive screen time. Yeah. So if you guys live away from family or if you're moving away from family, don't worry about the FaceTime. It's it's great for your child um, yeah. to be able to connect with with their family that way. And for you to have that as well. So I'm glad you right, well, that. Yeah. I hope that these tips will help you guys with a move. It's really, really hard. Um, but yeah, it's just an adjustment for everyone and your baby or your toddler is no different. So, yeah, you know, do what you can to take care of yourself too, because you know, it's just a lot. Yeah. Are you doing anything for self-care right now? I've just been going to bed super early, honestly. Like, Smart. you know, Sage has been waking up at like 5 a.m. So she's been having earlier bedtimes of like 7. And I was like mm-hmm. in bed at like 8.20 just because Good. she's up all night. So it's like if I go to bed, I can get like – she kind of does a three-hour stretch before she starts waking up. So I'm like, well, yeah. I can get like two hours in. Otherwise, I get like four hours of sleep. So oh. um, definitely. But yeah, it's so good to like see that you have come out the other side, you know? It's like so helpful yeah. to like talk to other people that are on the other side of it. You know, it's like it will end. It's not forever. Well, so they say like moving is one of the most stressful things that you can go through. It's like one of those big life events that is just, there's so much stress and anxiety around it. And like we said at the beginning in a pandemic, it's just, 
10 times more stressful and like more right. things to think about. So totally. yeah, hang in there. Yeah. Thanks. I'm hoping that her sleep will get better I soon. Know. If, if not, it then will. we'll talk, we'll talk offline right. to figure yeah. out like what is really going on. If it's not right. the move, it's gotta be something else. Right. But no, I hope this is like a good example of like troubleshooting for other people too. Cause I'm yeah. sure other people like children will react, have similar um, things. So hopefully, yeah, provided some kind of learning with us. Um, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. All right, you guys, thanks for joining us for this episode of Mom Friends. You can find us um, on Instagram and on our websites. So hopefully if you guys are moving, you have a smooth transition. Yes, sending you lots of love. We'll talk soon. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Mom Friends. Tune in weekly for new episodes and interviews with us. You can subscribe to the podcast to make sure you never miss an episode. And please leave us a rating and review. Find Rachel on Instagram at Hey Sleepy Baby and Kara Ann at Bloom Baby Wellness.